Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. We are continuing with our relationship series. And today is, a, is, is one that's, gone, that's gonna go really deep in our lives. God's already done that. We've learned how to handle relationships with wisdom. We've learned how to handle relationships without envy. We've learned how to, how to deal with, with pride in our lives. And God is walking us through, and God's doing an amazing work. God's being God. He's helping us on, along with our journey. But today, I want to deal with something that's really going to go really deep in us, and it's going to be something we're going to walk away with lots of stuff to chew on and and. But here's the beautiful things. God's going to d- deliver some of us today, I believe, from areas of our life that, that we've just, we've picked up along the way. We don't even know why. And so I, we titled this, this, this message or this series, Relationships, Fragile, Please Handle with Care. And we know this, that anytime you are in relational tension or conflict, it's really hard to enjoy any other part of life, isn't it? You could have the greatest of circumstances, but if you are in conflict or tension or carry something in your heart towards another person, you can fake it like most of us do. You fake it till you make it, but the problem is you don't make it because there's something off in your heart, and the Lord wants to set us all free and deliver us from these wounds of life. And so today, I want to deal with this this really deep topic about handling your relationships without bitterness. And so bitterness is, is one of the things in life where, where I guess if your life was, was a bit like this Dr. Pepper. How many here like Dr. Pepper? How many here like Mr. Pibb? I know. Anyway, we go on. I'm a Pibb guy. Anyway, if your life was like, sometimes I'm a little ADD up here, so please forgive me. Sometimes your life is a lot like this can of Dr. Pepper. And so, you know, life happens, right? I mean, how many know here that life happens? And so... And, and our lives can be just like this. Let's just pretend this is your life. And, and you go along with life. Things are going really good. And, 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 and somebody says something to you that's hurtful. And inflicts some pressure on you. I think this thing just cracked open. Let's see. Let's do it again. And this is what happens to your life. Now, or, or you know, we can even shake it up a little bit more. Here, can you open this for me real quick? No. Now why? Why, why, why? why? How does this reflect your life? Well, this is the deal. You get pain. Somebody says something to you. Someone, someone, you have expectations towards someone else. <laughs> it's still squirting. <laughs> and so after enough pain is inflicted, and if I was to walk out there and, and open this up in the middle of you, how many know life's going to get messy? And you have to learn how to deal with the pressure that builds up in your life when things don't go your way. When people say things to you that are hurtful, when people do things that you don't like and they don't even know you don't like them, but you're mad about them anyway, and something goes deep in your heart. When your children, some conflict happens there, and this is what happens in our life. Pressure builds up. And then in one moment when we don't even know, like just what just happened, something touches us, inflicts a bump on us, and then all of a sudden, we explode over all the people around us. And we're left with a mess on us. The people around us are left with a mess on us. And we're like, sorry. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from bitterness. Pastor Nathan, can I give this to you? And you just, here you go, Nathan. Oh, come on. (laughs) 
That would have been funny if it just would have. <laughs> but that's our lives. And so we have to know how to deal with the bitterness that might happen in our hearts. And many times what happens, a hurt happens in our lives, a disappointment that's sometimes not, not your control. Sometimes they are your decisions. Someone else is, behaves a certain way or a boss acts a certain way and, or makes a decision and something in you just, ooh, just gets down inside of you. And what happens is it gets down inside of us and then we talk about it and we water that seed and it goes from a hurt to unforgiveness. Something happens in our marriage that we just don't totally, you know, it, we don't agree with. And, and there are tons of opportunities and it goes from a hurt to offense to bitterness. And I believe that God wants to set us free today. I believe that God wants you to live a life that is full of life. God's desire for you is to live a life that's actually worth living, to be free from these things because our God has an amazing plan for you. He has, he has victories for you. He has peace for you. He has deep relationships that he wants for you to engage with. But as you know, if you are in tension, you will never walk into the life that God has for you until you deal with the things in your own life or you will be like the Dr. Pepper that is always under pressure, always full of, of pain, and you never deal with it. And you can ignore it all you want, but everyone else stays away from you because they're thinking at any moment she's going to blow. And God wants to help us today. And every time that we don't forgive... It creates resentment. And every time we don't forgive, that resentment can move into bitterness. And you can stuff deep things inside of your heart and it bottles up. And the more you stuff down, and, and, the, and the truth is, is it's going to come out at some point. It's going to spew out on somebody at some point. It may not come out in your teenage years, but it may come out later in your young adult years. It may not come out in your first year of marriage, but it may come out in year seven of your marriage. Might not be your first few years of friendship, but it'll come out maybe in your seventh or tenth year of friendship. It may not come out in your first couple years of employment, but it'll come out at some point along your employment. A lot of people are living in relational difficulties, and the Lord just wants to help us. He doesn't expect you to, to never um, have difficulties, but he does expect us as followers of Jesus to respond to things his way, not our ways of the flesh. Amen? God knows that you can never live the life he has for you if you are carrying unforgiveness, resentment, and bitterness. I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 4. This is what the Bible says about this idea of bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness. Say all bitterness. So just so you're aware, the Bible would never tell us something that is impossible. Scripture commands us encourages us, instructs us. Get rid of bitterness. Well, what does bitterness really look like, Jason? Because I don't have bitterness. Okay, these are just a few things. One, rage, anger. So you find yourself triggered very easily. Triggered is kind of like a, 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 a trendy word right now. I'm triggered. With anger, freaking out. Rage, brawling. In other words, you, you kind of like the, the fight. It may not be a fist fight, 
but it may be a, a, a vocal word, you fight, you like to do it. Here's this slander. If you're sitting around talking about how somebody's not something and they should be doing something and you can't believe that so-and-so and somebody was really this type of person, they would really be doing this. If you find yourself sitting around talking ill of people, slandering people, pulling down, making assumptions and suspicions about people, speaking wrong of them, and just sitting around talking, if that's the culture of yourself and your family, you think, well, where's that come from? It comes from bitterness. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, and along with every form of malice. Be kind. So here's the instruction. Okay, all right, all right. So what what am I to do is if I'm going to follow Jesus, what should the fruit of my life look like? Because many people say, listen, I'm following Jesus. I'm a Christian. Look at me. And all of a sudden they've got rage, anger, bitterness, brawling, slander, gossip. Are you following Jesus? You might be saved, but are you following Jesus? What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? Well, be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. So we're on a journey. The Bible is clear that there were many opportunities to get offended. Everybody say amen to that. Lots of opportunities. People at work, husbands, kids, boyfriend, girlfriends, mothers, fathers, family, bosses, church folks. And the truth is really people that hurt us the most are those who are closest to us. And if we don't respond properly to these offenses, it turns to resentment and then bitterness. So all of us need to be careful that we're not living our lives running a tab of what other people have done wrong. I refuse to allow bitterness in my life. I don't sit around thinking about how wrong people are. And if you find yourself, and that's just my personality, no, it's not. It's a root of bitterness. Call it for what it is. If you find yourself sitting around and all you do is run the tab of how somebody isn't something or why they're not doing something. and Listen, you, it's time. God wants to deliver you from a root of bitterness because that's exhausting. And you're tired. Jesus has more for you today. So I'm going to look at a man who had every right to be bitter and just kind of look through this. I've done a few studies of this before, but I'm going to look at at this this incredibly wealthy man. His name was Job. He wasn't just wealthy in lands and buildings and livestock, but he was wealthy in family. He was prospering. But one day he lost it all. Think about this. And one day he went bankrupt, lost his estate. All of his children were murdered. His wife's turned against him. He got a disease which was extremely painful and, the, and his friends came to him and they laid their hand on his shoulder and they said, brother, it must be all your fault. It wasn't very helpful to him. And Job had every reason in the world to be bitter. But instead of getting bitter and allowing offense to derail him in his life and with his relationships, the Bible says that God made the last part of his life better than the first. Why? And we'll look at that in just a moment because he refused to be offended and hold bitterness. He did not live the rest of his life with a list against those who had wronged him, who had said something to him, who had, who had done something against him. He didn't, he didn't run a list of his, well, but wife, listen, you did this to me and you, you told me to curse God and you, he didn't do that. No matter what the pain, 
that he had, he was able to move past it and God blessed him. And no matter what your pain is of your past, God can make the rest of your life, and I believe this, better than the first half of your life. Do you believe that? Like that we serve a God of redemption. We serve a God that can overcome any obstacles, including your stupid mistakes and my stupid mistakes. He is the God that can make the rest of our life much better than the former part of our life, just like he did with Job. And I'm going to believe he's going to do it with you today. So what, but here, here's the key. We can have that if we do what Job did. But before I get into this, I just want to quickly look at what things cause bitterness in our lives. Number one, actions done to you. We all know this, things done to us. This is, these, are, these, these are offensive things done to you. Job 19, this is what he said. He says, all my intimate friends detest me. Not my, not my friends at the gym, not my, not my just, rela- just you know, my, my buddies I meet at the coffee shop. My intimate friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. People that he trusted, people that he opened his heart to, people that he thought were on his side, all of a sudden, when he's struggling, they turn against him. I don't know if you realize this or not, but some of your greatest hurts are gonna come from those who are in this relationship right here, intimate relationships. Job says, my intimate friends, and the number one place actually that bitterness can take root is not in a workplace, it's in our homes. Many times that spills over from the homes or over from what we, a lot of of our behavior of bitterness, a lot of our actions of bitterness is learned behavior, what we learn from our own families, what they sat around, and um, there's an old joke, I, I heard this, an old preacher said this, he said, you know, there's so much gossip in the church, he said, most people after church sit around and they, they, don't have, they don't have a roast for lunch, they have the preacher for lunch. And you, maybe you've learned that. Not just, I'm just saying not with, but just with anybody. That's just your culture. You sit around and you just talk about how bad everybody is. But, but this happens from our homes, in our marriages, in our families. The closer people are to you, actually, the great, also the greater chance they have to hurt you. They can betray you. They can be disloyal. They can say hurtful things to you. They can assume things about you. They can, they can, they can write whole narratives about why you do certain things without, without ever even talking to you. And all of a sudden, that lands in your heart and you become bitter. And so we have to deal with this bitterness. If we, if we get hurt and we don't deal with it, we actually begin to think this, that bitterness is going to protect us. Bitterness is, is empowering because actions are done to us that are, that are unjust, that are wrong. And you have every right to be bitter. You have been hurt. You've been injured. The actions that were done to you. But what happens is because of the pain that turns into the bitterness. And the bitterness almost becomes the, something. It gives us strength because we feel vulnerable because something was done against us. And it hurt us. And so in response to that pain, we hang on to our bitterness because it makes us feel like we're in control, makes us feel like we're powerful, and makes us feel like we're paying them back. And so there's this sense of, see, I'm in control. But in all reality, bitterness will never help you. We think it will help. 
It feels like it gives us strength, but it sabotages our lives every single time. The scripture is very clear. Another cause of bitterness is number two, attitudes projected towards you. This is, this is just an attitude. This is when somebody walks in the room and say, hey, what's going on? And they look at you and you think, if looks could kill, I'd be dead right now. Or it's just someone as they walk into the room and it's like they're, they're uh, one of the characters from Frozen. They walk in and the room gets cold. And it's this, these attitudes towards you. Hey, sweetheart, how was your day? It was good. Hey, babe, how was work today? It's fine. Sit down to eat. You talk more to your food than you do to one another. What's going on? There's attitudes there. There's something, something's going on. And those things can hurt you. They can communicate rejection and communicate pain and communicate a not loving home. And, and you can feel all these things. You can see it on people's faces, the roll of someone's eyeballs or the, or the messing up of their face. What are these? are attitudes that are projected towards you and it, it hurts you. That can cause bitterness. Job 19 says this, speaking to his friends, you would exalt yourselves above me. And use my humiliation against me. And what it is, these people feel like they're superior than you. Or they, or they try to raise themselves. I'm, I am justified in being angry at you and holding my bitterness against you. Because I'm mad that you did this or you did this or whatever it may be. These are these people that Job was, Job was talking about. You can be rejected and hurt when nothing is said. Just by the way people look at you. By their body language, their nonverbal messages. And attitudes can hurt. And as we, as we deal with this, this is life. Every one of us in here has been guilty of copping an attitude with somebody else in our life. Every one of us. But the truth is, these are the things that over time begin to build up. What else can cause bitterness? Number three, this is one of the most prevalent ones, is number four, words spoken to you. Many of us in this room are still living under the, the shade of words that were spoken to us when we were kids. They're powerful. Words are powerful. Listen how Job feels when his so-called friends mock him. Job chapter 12. People who are at ease mock those in trouble. Job's in trouble. Going through a difficult time. Trying to wrestle through some of this. And man, they don't even give him the benefit of the doubt. Zero. They give a push to people who are stumbling. This is kind of the, the pack of wolves kind of a thing. Is, is we like to find somebody that's struggling. That we kind of have been wishing all along start struggling. Then they do. And then we start talking. See, I told you. See, look at you. I told you. Yeah, you're, not, you're, you're, not, you're not the leader of this home. See, I told you, we've been waiting for this moment. They've been waiting. It happens all the time. Words spoken. But no, this is my personality. Listen, it's not your person. Stop believing that lie. It is bitterness in you. In order to receive this word today, you're going to have to be humble. 
Stop resisting everything that challenges you to be different than what you are. Our words matter, my friends. Proverbs 15 says this. Gentle words are a tree of life. If we, just, if we would just obey this one thing, our lives would be different. Our homes would be different. Our churches would be different. Our employment places would be different. Gentle words are a tree of life. Harsh, bitty, sharp words. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So words can transform us, change us. Many of us are sitting here today with pain because of what's been spoken to us. And words hurt us absolutely. The deepest pain and influence in our lives is probably words. Words that have been spoken to us, even words that we've said about ourselves, lies that we've believed but the fact is it, it sets up, it plants a seed in us. I think if all of us were to think of the, of the greatest points of pain, insecurity, rejection, hopelessness, betrayal, most of those offensive offenses are attached to what was spoken over us. One, the Lord does not want that to be out of our mouths anymore. Two, he wants to heal us from those words that have planted seeds in us and have been watered by pain, have been watered by our own mouths that have turned into bitterness. He wants to set us free so that your best life is ahead of you today in Jesus' name. And I believe that for you. And the fact is this, some people say, yeah, but this, is, this bitterness, it's just, it's just unjust, and I carry it around. Well, Job says out of uh, chapter 5, he says this, resentment kills a fool. And even bitterness towards one person. I'm not bitter towards other people in my life, Jason. It's just towards one person because it would listen. And I know I'm not undermining that pain. I'm not saying that pain wasn't real. I'm just saying that that bitterness that you allow in our hearts can impact other relationships. That's why Hebrews says this, see to it that no bitter root grows up because why? It causes trouble and defiles many, many relationships. There's actual medical studies that show harboring bitterness increases the likelihood of physical disease. It's, it's a fact. And so researchers look at, at the correlation between a bitterness in the quality of life, and they find that the blaming other people can lead to physical disease. That's crazy. Bitterness robs us from the life that Jesus has for you. That's why the, the opening of the scripture is get rid of bitterness. Another, another cause of bitterness, and, and I've added this this morning. You just write that on your notes if, if, if you want to. Another cause is unmet expectations unmet expectations we step into relationships and we have an expectation that someone else is going to behave a certain way or uh, an expectation they're going to perform a certain way they're going to communicate a certain way they're going to they're going to lead a certain way whatever that may be and we have those expectations some of them are probably just some of them it's just not the individual but when something is violated in our expectations it causes an offense and we can pick up the offense or we can say well you know I that's just my expectation but many of us have a hard time deciphering between the two and so we hold people at a, at a distance we stiff arm people we allow bitterness in our hearts because someone didn't perform the way that we wanted them to and they didn't even know that was part of the expectations we have spoken expectations that are violated then here's the biggest one we have unspoken expectations in relationships in friendships 
We say in marriage is what, but, but I think you could be that you should be this way. I didn't know. Well, I'm mad at you. Well, I didn't know what you want me to do. And they're unspoken expectations. Or many of our, our, our lives, we, we, instead of encouraging our spouse, encouraging our friends, or encouraging other people, one, one thing, especially in relationships, Maybe a person can spend, their, their expectation for that individual is that my expectation is you would not end up like my dad. And so the, the, all their focus is don't be like my dad, don't be like my dad, don't be like my dad. And th- this poor guy doesn't have a chance because he's just trying to be me. He's just trying to be him. And then we get mad when if we see anything that might, and so we try to control and make all these things. Listen, the Lord wants to set us free from that type of life. That's not life to the fullest, Amen. He wants us to walk in freedom. I'm going to read you a quote out from John Bevere. It says this, many of us are unable to function properly in their calling. All of us are unable to function properly in their calling because of the wounds and hurts that offenses have caused in our lives. We are handicapped and hindered from fulfilling our full potential. And the truth is this, bitterness when it happens in our lives, it's like, it's like the rock that hits your windshield like a week after you get a new one, you know how that goes. Hits your windshield, cracks, and you're like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden you're like, it's so annoying, so frustrating. Then a week later, you don't even notice it. And you view everything in life through that crack, but you don't know that you're viewing it. That's what bitterness does to it. So here's the deal. How do we take steps of overcoming bitterness? These are very practical steps. And I believe God wants to do something in all of our lives. Number one, we just need to be open and honest about our pain. Just be open and honest. It's okay to say, excuse me, time out. I'm hurting right now. Job does this. In chapter 7, he says, therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in anguish of my spirit. In other words, I'm hurting God. I don't know why. Notice he doesn't say, I will speak out in my anguish against somebody else. He's not like, God, I'm hurting and it's their fault. He owns his own emotions. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Does it say, God, why? Or my friends, why? He says, God, I'm hurting. Can you heal me? He was honest about his pain. God, my life's falling apart. God, I I feel so much anguish. God, my my relationships are struggling. God, I'm always thinking bad of somebody else. I'm always keeping lists of everything that everybody does. I don't want to do that anymore. He tells God, I'm so frustrated, God. And what did God do? God wasn't surprised. Listen, man, I can't tell God I'm mad. Well, listen, he already knows you're mad, so you might as well just tell him. Say, God, I'm hurting. God, I'm frustrated. He already knows. And so we just need to take this step forward and just call things out for what they are. God, I'm hurting. Many of us, we ignore those things that, that we try to sweep them under, under the rug and we think they'll just go away. No, they won't. God wants to heal you from them. We pretend that things aren't actually happening. And even this one exercise of being honest about your pain is very difficult for you. And, and I understand that. But until you can allow the Lord to heal you, you first need to say, Lord, I need you to heal me. God, I'm hurting. We can pretend things are there all day long, but the fact is they are there. My challenge for all of us today in this room, what are you pretending is not there in your marriage? What are you pretending is not there in your own spirit? 
What are you pretending? What are you making excuses for? For your own behavior and your own slander and your own gossip and whatever that may be. Your own feelings, your own coldness in the room. Or when you're around this person, you just, something inside of you is twist. I was, um, I was in a season every year. I try to take a season and fast. And, uh, and I felt like the Lord wanted to bring freedom to some area of my life. And so I was just fasting um, before the Lord. And I was, in, I was on a 10-day fast, and I was at day six. I remember it. The Lord woke me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I just went to the living room. And when you're fasting, as you get into those middle, middle times, and I was just drinking liquid, I, I was like, you're like wired, like your body is like to all this energy. And, and so I was just up and praying and I just began to pray. And we, my wife and I walked through the season where some things um, were done against us and false accusations about us. Just, just, it wasn't anything serious. It was just annoying. It just was like, ugh, like, ugh, these people and um, we've been treated unfairly. And, and I was trying to wrestle through this and, and, I, and I realized I, it was just stirring in there. Like, anybody ever had a feeling in your gut, and then if you looked in the mirror, you'd see it all over your face? You're like, how'd that get from there to there? That's what I felt. And the Lord said this. He says, I want to deal with unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. Lord, I don't have any forgiveness. And then I just began to pray. I just began to pray in the Spirit. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, take authority over the root of bitterness that's in your heart. So I just began, in the name of Jesus, I command this bitterness to come out of my life. I command these thoughts about this individual and these people to come out. And I just became praying and praying and praying. And I felt the power. And I didn't share this first service, so I share it with you. Hope it doesn't freak you out. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit come over me. And immediately I felt, I felt nauseous and sick to my stomach. I ran over to the sink and I puked. Then I rinsed my mouth out. And I was free from the spirit of bitterness. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. But I just had to come to grips with it. It's real. It's there. And Lord wants to set us free from that. Unaddressed relational pain. That seed grows into bitterness. If you don't address it, if you're not honest... It's going to grow and it's going to affect every area of your life. Number two, how do we get rid of it? Is make the decision to forgive. So I'm going to forgive in Jesus' name. This is about you expressing with your mouth, I'm going to forgive. Even when your body and your guts don't, don't want you to do that. Did you know that in your gut, you have more memory receptors than your mind? You feel things. From one memory, you can feel all types of stuff down in your gut. And sometimes in the middle of feeling that, you need to say, I, in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. doesn't mean somebody deserves it, but it's a choice. I choose to forgive. This might be for some of you, you need to forgive yourself. Something you've been, you've, been, you've been casting shade on yourself because of a decision you made. You need to forgive yourself. But this is a choice. I'm choosing to forgive. I'm choosing to release. And when you feel down in your gut that you don't want to, you need to speak out of your mouth what your ears, your mind, and your gut doesn't want to feel. And say, in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive. And you call out that person's name. 
And when you feel the thought coming up and this, this emotion and feeling, say it again. I choose to forgive in the name of Jesus. I release them from the offense off of my life. In the name of Jesus, I bless them in Jesus' name. And you're going to find every time you say that, the, the devils in hell are going to shiver because they want to control your life. And you need to take authority. Allow the words of your mouth to dictate what your spirit's going to feel and your body's going to feel. You tell your emotions, listen emotions, you're going to submit yourself to the spirit of God. The spirit of God is not going to submit itself to you. So in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive right now in Jesus' name. It's powerful. And you're going to need to do it. And it's gonna, if you've got to get in a closet or get in your car and, and you need to drive down the road because you're like, I don't want to scream that through the house, then get in your car and begin to do it. Let your own two ears hear what, what is right and true and just come out of your mouth because God wants to set us free from any type of root of bitterness in our lives. And this whole idea is after Job forgave his offenders... He chose to do it. Something amazing happened in his life. He forgave them. He released them. Then God began to work in his life. Many of us, I really believe this, what is keeping us from what we're striving for in our families, in our lives, God's blessing, his anointing, his calling, the, the, the pouring out of the presence of God in our lives is on the other side of us choosing to release bitterness and step into a life of forgiveness to other people. I really believe it. God wants to bless you. But it's difficult for him to bless you if you're holding on to unforgiveness. Job 42.10 says this. After Job prayed for his friends. Everybody say after. After Job prayed for his friends. I tell you what. If you want an exercise in crucifying the flesh, begin to pray for people that are ridiculing you, falsely accusing you, calling you names, you know, second-guessing every decision you make, and sitting around talking about how horrible you are. You, you want to do something that makes you crawl up on the cross and crucify yourself? Start praying for those people in your life. And you'll feel your skin crawl. I don't want to. And you say it anyway. God, I pray that you would bless my enemy. Jesus said, we pray for our enemies. And Job began to pray. He began to bless those who had offended him. He began to bless those who, who, who were accusing him. He began to bless those and pray for those that were causing him. Not, and he had all this external pain. And then he had all this internal pain because of them. They weren't there. They didn't help him. He was going through the most difficult season of his life. And his friends were like, peace out, man. And he says, Lord, I want to pray for my friends. And after, if I say after again, after he prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. That's awesome. The key to God's blessing on your life, could it be praying for those who have hurt you? Praying for those who have persecuted you? Praying for your, your spouse that that has caused some frustration in your life or has cheated on you or has abandoned you? Could it be the blessing of your life is on the other side of you praying for your, for your ex-husband or your ex-wife? Could it be? Could be. And as you begin to do that, you begin to unlock God's blessing on your life. It's a spiritual principle. We're not meant to walk around carrying grudges. God doesn't want us to do that. 
funny. There's this interaction of Peter in Matthew chapter 18 where Peter's asking Jesus, you know, they're sitting around hanging out with Jesus. And he says, hey, hey, Jesus, how many times do I really have to forgive somebody? I wonder if Peter had somebody in mind. Like you thought, maybe I'm already done. This is going to be good. Good news. Jesus, come on. Let, let me know what I can really hold unforgiveness towards. He goes, uh, and at the time, the law was three times. So you'd have to forgive someone three times. Then after that, you could cut them off. You don't have to hang out with them anymore. But he thought, you know what? I'm a pretty godly man. I mean, I'm Peter. He thought, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive someone? Seven? I mean, he like, he like doubled the law and then he added one on top just because he was awesome. And Jesus was like, how about 70 times seven? 77 times seven? What, what was Jesus saying? He wasn't actually given a number. He was actually saying infinite. You have to forgive someone every time. Now, notice that Jesus didn't say, well, actually, Peter, you just need to pray that I don't allow you to be in any situations where you are offended. He actually didn't say that. Because actually earlier in verse 7 out of chapter 18, Jesus actually says, hey, here's my promise to all of you. Offenses are going to come. High five. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. He said, no, they're coming. But you need to learn how to respond to them and forgive people, release people. Walk in, walk in the goodness that I have for you so that you can live the life that I have for you. This is God's purpose for us. Jesus says as we forgive, it's going to keep us away from offenses. It's going to keep us away from bitterness. And then we'll be able to walk in God's blessing in a greater way than we ever did before. Listen, friendships don't break down because you have different opinions. Friendships break down because someone gets offended and the bitterness comes in. Listen, marriages don't break down because someone leaves their socks in the middle of the living room. Like they really don't. They break down because someone picks up an offense. And that sock in the middle of this living room and how many times have I have to tell you. I mean, how, what are you think I'm your mama? You think it, or you, you know, whatever it may be. Or a husband to the wife, or like, you know, I, you, I, I don't like this kind of, why did you cook this? You know I didn't, did you cook this on purpose because you know I didn't like it? Do you just hate me? You know what, just forget it. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. Because <laughs> they're Christian there. <laughs> I mean, they don't break down because of those things. They break down because of we, we picked up an offense. And instead of learning to work through them, instead of dying to our flesh, instead of offering forgiveness and kindness, and I'm so sorry, like, yeah, it's not about your socks. It's about what you said three weeks ago or a year ago that we never dealt with. It's not about, it's not about the food. It's about some learned behavior I picked up from my dad and somehow I'm projecting that on you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. This is the life God wants us to live. Forgiveness is a choice. And it's a journey and it's a road. The last one is this, number three. How do we get over bitterness? We need to forget the past and move into our future. 
Forget the past and move into our future. Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul. It's an amazing man of God. Brothers and sisters, do not consider, I do not consider myself having <laughs> taken hold of it. This is what I love about Paul. Paul was like, Jesus appeared to him in person, blinds him, knocks him off his horse, disciples him one-on-one. He, he sees miracles. He goes into the, to the third heaven. I mean, this Paul, he's been around. He's had more experience than any of us ever have in, in a supernatural spiritual sense. And he's like, hey, brothers and sisters, I have not arrived yet. I'm not at Jesus' status yet. I'm still working on this. One thing I do, one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. And this is what God has for us, to move from what was to step into what is. And I'm believing for you today that the rest of your life, after we make these decisions, we apply the word of God, is going to be better than the former part of your life. Do you believe that today? That's the beauty of this relationship series is it, it challenges us. And I, again, I, ju- I just want to remind you of the promise after Job forgave, after Job prayed for his enemies, after Job did that, the Lord blessed the latter, latter part of his life more than the former part. Your greater blessing is on the other side of your decision today to forgive the past and move on to the future. How many want that in your life? Amen, amen. Listen, I know that there are hurtful memories. Things that people said, things that people did. That still causes pain today. But you need to know this. Forgiveness allows your spirit and your life to grow and to prosper. Bitterness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's never going to happen. It's never going to get him back. It's only going to affect you. And so there are many of us here today that I'll just start with some personal things in your own life. You have blown it. Paul had blown it. But he says, the one thing I do is forget what is behind. And I press on to what is ahead. God has an incredible destiny for you. And it's time that we ask the Lord to forgive us. We ask the Lord to help us forgive others. There are some of you who've been hurt by parents, hurt by spouses, things that were spoken over you that just was a flat out lie. And the enemy's trying to pin that on you as though it's yours. It's not yours in Jesus. You are who God says you are, not what some man or woman says you are. His voice trumps every voice that you could ever listen to. His voice penetrates our our hearts. He sees us for what we really are, for the potential in us. We only see ourselves for our own brokenness. He sees us for for what we can be, what we can become. And we step into that and we say, God, this is what I see. But you see this in me. I'm clothed in your righteousness. I'm seated in heavenly places with you, God. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. You purchased me, Jesus, with your blood. You made me a king and a priest to rule and reign this earth. I don't feel this way, but by faith I believe that's who I am because your word says that's who I am. That's what it means as we follow God 
And we lean into his truth, not our own experience. We lean into, into his life, not the mistakes of our life. And we need to forget the past and move in to what God has for us in the future. There are marriages here that God wants your latter years to be greater than your former years. He wants your relationships to be stronger. He wants your relationship with your kids to be stronger. Your latter years to be greater than your former. And, and that is on the other side of this simple, Lord, I'm hurt. I'm in pain. I want you to heal me. Lord, I choose to forgive. Lord, I choose this day to forgive. And Lord, I'm moving on with my life. Because you have something great ahead of me. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. 